Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace be unto you. From God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. One of our church fathers, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, commented on the Christmas story, said that it's a story full of miracles. You had a virgin birth, we have angels visiting, shepherds telling and singing, heavenly choruses appearing. And he went on to say that the biggest miracle of all was not the fact that God came down, took on flesh and lived among us to save us, to show us what love and mercy and grace looks like. He said the biggest miracle in the whole thing is that Mary believed it. (laughs) Now we have another miracle. A bright star hanging in the sky over the place where Jesus was living, staying. Some of the wise men, like astrologers of sorts, the kind that study the stars and the heavens, they, they vow that they will follow that light of that star, which eventually led them to Jesus. And they came bearing gifts. Indeed, a miracle. There aren't many of those miracles in today's world. It's difficult to come upon yet alone expect any miracles today. So many things that were once mysterious and wonderful, they're now explained. Like the eclipse of the sun or the moon, now we know that it's not caused by some great dragon in the sky swallowing it. It's simply one body, heavenly body, blocking out the light or the reflection of another heavenly body for a while. We no longer fear that a ship sailing will eventually reach the edge and fall off. Diseases that were once thought to be caused by evil spirits and demons, now we understand them. We understand where they come from, where they're heading, And some diseases are even now redeemable and reversible. Modern science and technology and AI and even archaeology continue to come up with explanations and answers for all the age-old mysteries. So, I wonder what happens to wonder in a day such as this that we live in. What happens to wonder? Where are the miracles? Even the magic of the Gospel account Matthew of the wise men, as we call them, is picked at in today's world. This wondrous star that led seekers, inquirers from afar. But the star's physical mystery is not intact. What we now know as what we call the Star of Bethlehem, it's explained in different ways. A couple of them. 
Some scientists have said it's likely that that star was a comet or a supernova. Exploding gases of a dying star whose light reached the earth after a journey of millions of years. (laughs) It might have been more likely a planetary conjunction, I just read, where three planets come together in what looks to be the same place in our night sky. Just a heavenly illusion. Does the knowledge of that, does this insight do away with the mystery and the wonder of epiphany? What appeared like a bright star to our very human eyes that somehow led seekers to the very one called the light of the world? Well, it doesn't help. But doesn't take care of the whole thing completely. After all, there have been lots of heavenly occurrences, right? Comets, conjunctions, other wondrous heavenly events that didn't lead people to a Savior. But long ago, something happened at this place, at this particular time, and, and somehow it all led right to Jesus. Marvel that. For a little while. It's fascinating. Why do those seekers follow that particular light? What did they learn by following the light? What did they discover once they got there? How did that light change them? Whatever that bright star was called forth from them their best. It called forth from them their best efforts and their most extravagant gifts. It activated their hunger, their quest for meaning and purpose and truth. So without their human response to the star, that star would have been just another shining phenomena in the sky with little impact. This celebration of this light that we call Epiphany is not so much about a star as it is about the human beings who responded to it, that followed it, who let the light lead them, who let it spark their search. (laughs) Oh, there have been a lot of bright stars for us, huh? Along the way. Just as for the wise men of Matthew's Gospel, we call those sparks, we call them epiphanies. Huh? When the light goes on and suddenly you see things in a new way or you, you start out on a new quest. I mean, you've had an epiphany when the heart is warmed. You and I have been led to this place of faith on this particular morning in a new year, where we seek a Savior, where we want to be and expect to be encountered by a living God, where we want to be lit up, huh? we want to be warmed, we want to be led. Somehow a spark has been triggered in us, this need 
to discover a Savior, some hope in our world, while we're searching for light and for meaning and for truth. And that light has somehow led us here. Here we are. You and I have been moved towards others who believe similar things with a desire to worship and to offer our very best, most extravagant gifts, our very lives, even our resources. Those stars have been our parents, for example, who called us into life and led the way, my mom, my dad. There have been other bright stars, such as our families and communities, who nurtured us, who encouraged us, who nourished us in body and spirit, grandparents and godparents and teachers and siblings and friends and classmates and coaches. There have been stars who have been our, parent, been our companions on our journey, who have comforted us when we were hurt or wounded, who helped us withstand the challenges or helped us get through a tough time. Our lives with these stars have had their share of peace and satisfaction and insight enough that our hope has been sustained somehow. We made it. We're here, 2024. And if you're honest, I mean, there have been times when you wondered, would I even make it (laughs) to 2024? In fact, we're here today because we want to keep on. Like the seekers of old, we've followed these stars who guided us to Jesus, this One who will save. And we too see Him somehow here in our lives and in this place. We too bow down in the presence of that kind of greatness and grace. We too worship that star still beckons us. The only question is, how will we respond? So let me suggest that the gifts that are given at the bed of the one called Jesus, they give us a clue. Those first travelers, those first wise people who followed the star, those first worshipers, They offered gold, and they offered frankincense, and they offered myrrh, we're told. The gold acknowledging this is the most precious Lord one had ever come upon. The frankincense welcoming this new priest who somehow would make us all holy. The myrrh, most of you know, was a burial fragrance used to dress the bodies of the dead. This myrrh foretold of a Savior who would one day die for the sake of us all. These gifts represented the very best they had. It represented any insight that they had, any wonder that they felt, any hope and love they experienced for which they'd been searching. And their journey culminated with the discovery of someone worthy. And so they worshipped. Now, I was thinking about that this week and I thought that to reach that moment of worship, 
these foreigners, these astrologers, these scientists, they had to leave some things behind to follow that star. They left their homeland. They left their routine. They left some of their human assumptions. And in the same way, worship for us means a kind of readiness to move forward. Often into the unknown. To set aside what's familiar or routine. To suspend that for a while. And see just where God's leading. When you follow that star and it leads to Jesus in much the same way, it asks for our best gifts. It asks for our best selves, our hopes and our dreams and our goals. That's what will sustain us. To follow this star may mean to leave behind a lot of things that make us feel safe and secure. Grudges that we kind of like hanging on to. Old habits and dreams and attitudes and anxieties and memories that can keep us from reaching the goals God has in store for us. And just like the wise ones of old, as we come bearing our gifts, we discover in Jesus one who gives us far more than we could ever have imagined. We thought we were the ones bearing the gifts. And we find the one who is the gift who by example makes a hallmark of those who would purport to follow this light, Jesus, the hallmark becoming caring and sharing, but above all else, love. Hmm. You and I know that the world is changing. We know that church is changing. You know that families are changing. You know that the world is changing. Sociologists and scientists, and even those of us who work in the church, (laughs) we realize that change is happening around us with a speed we've never seen before. Creation groans with the torment of realignment, of rebirth, of renewal. And so there's new possibilities, both good and bad. They lurk. You've probably noticed the world seems to be stirring. I mean, it's not just change. It's, it's in turmoil. It's shaking and quaking all around us. And unlike ever before, we get to sit in front of our TV screens in our living rooms and we watch it all happening in real time. Hmm? So the question is, who will lead these shaking, quaking, changing nations in this new year? Who will bring light into our own nation? Who will bring it into our own congregation? From whom will come the inspiration and the light? Will it be Biden? Trump? Will it be Haley? Someone else in waiting in the wings? Maybe it'll be a new coach 
for the Chargers. Maybe it'll be Michael. (laughs) Or our church council. What will it be? Who will it be? The prophet Isaiah rises up to address Israel, to address you and to me, saying, Nations will walk by your light. Paul had this vision too for us. He said, Shine brightly as stars in the night for Christ. Jesus too told us, You are the light of the nations. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill. Let your light so shine before others that they would see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, I have a vision too for this community of faith we call the Neighborhood Church. For you and I. The vision is something like this. That we would, in all that we say and do, point not to ourselves, but point to Jesus. And we would do it for the world, for the sake of the world, who seems to be hungering for something, for someone to lead them. won't be me. Something, someone. So we point to Jesus. We are invited to never stop wondering. To never grow tired of asking, what's God up to right now? That we would offer to the world love. If nothing else, love. To our neighbors, to our friends, to our family. That we might leave behind a few things. And that we would take that love into places that goes beyond our comfort zones that others might experience it too. A part of my vision is that we would shine brightly for Christ so that others might ask us, where does your hope come from? Where does your joy come from? Where does your strength come from? Remember the promise of Scripture that others are going to come to that light. So there's our theme for 2024. One word. Shine. Mother Teresa, who is one of my contemporary stars in the last few decades, she once described her ministry on the streets of Calcutta amongst the poorest of the poor. If any of you have been there, it's absolutely Dreadful. She said this about her ministry. Everyone is created by God and deserving of love. It does not matter if that person is male or female, male, uh, Muslim or Christian or Jewish or has no faith at all. It doesn't matter the person's race or nationality, she said. All that matters is that the person is created by God and deserves love. My sisters and I are there simply to love. 
We Christians are God's embrace of the world. And we are here simply to give love. When we live out this epiphany vision, we become God's epiphany for the world. We become bright stars to guide others to the light, to Christ. The original epiphany gifts were gold and frankincense and myrrh. And today, I would suggest that only one gift suffices. It's love. Got any to give away? You got any of that to share with the world? There's no greater way to adore Christ than to offer everyone love without distinction, without distraction, without qualification, without hesitation. And every time that happens, now that would be a miracle. Amen. Glory be to you, Heavenly Father, through Christ our Lord, who with the Holy Spirit reigns eternally, one God, now and always. Amen.